0: everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today is a very special day. Um, we are changing the name of the podcast to Master Your Energy from World of Wellness. And really the only thing that's changing is the intention. We are still going to have holistic health experts on the podcast, I'll still be teaching but I wanted to be a little bit more specific in what was coming across in the podcast. We go world of wellness. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Okay. Master your energy. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense, right? Cause mastering your energy is getting to know your energy. So the goal of this podcast is to educate and empower you to get to know yourselves and be able to trust your body and your choices. And I think that really is a holistic health practice of Self-knowledge, self-awareness, making adjustments, knowing how our body feels, knowing where our emotional state is, knowing where our mental state is and having the tools to regulate that state. So that is Master Your Energy podcast. Um, I also pushed publish on my book yesterday so that should be ready in the next couple days. And I will put links in here for you guys. Very exciting. It is called Bloom. It is poetry that expresses a young woman's transformation into self-love and acceptance. And this is really was, was my way and still is my way of processing my emotions. So in this book, I take you on the journey of breakup, of running a business, of losing that business and just who am I in this world and why am I here and where am I going? And I even think that these uh, poetry and asking those questions and doing the self-exploration is really a form of holistic health because we are looking at the body, mind, and spirit and looking at the root causes. So a lot of the things that I've gone through, I had to like really ask myself, why is this happening? How did I contribute? Where does this come from? Why do I have this emotion? So I hope you guys enjoy it. I'll be putting links out, sending it out soon, which is very exciting. But today we have a special guest on the podcast. His name is Jeremy Nagel. And Jeremy is the founder of a software called Focus Bear. And Focus Bear is awesome because it is a software that you put on your computer that allows you to focus. And in this podcast, we'll go through why that's a little bit different than normal apps that help with focus and task management. But um, Jeremy created this because he has ADHD and he wanted help focusing. So we really dive into not only his software, but really how holistic health practices help manage symptoms of our mental health. And, and we talk about meditation, we talk about exercise, we talk about nutrition, and you'll see a lot of parallels with this podcast from some of our previous episodes. So, I hope you enjoy it, and without further ado, here's Jeremy. All right, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners?
1: Sure. My name is Jeremy. I'm a software developer turned startup founder based in Melbourne, Australia. I'm working on an app that helps with habit formation, and productivity. When I'm not working on that, I'm really into a whole bunch of different outdoor exercises. My favorite is cross-country skiing. We just finished winter in Australia, had a, a good month at the snow, which was really nice. And apart from that, I like trail running and getting out on my bike, doing a bit of gardening and things like that.
0: So it's it. does it snow where you live then, I'm assuming?
1: not in melbourne but in the mountains about five hours away we've got some mountains which are pretty low compared to the u.s standards and the snow isn't amazing but in terms of not having to travel overseas it's pretty good
0: yeah we get maybe
1: a meter and a half of snow up at falls creek
0: cool so um i think for the most part we're going to kind of talk about productivity and habits and all that kind of stuff today and you have the software called focus bear can you tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah sure so talk about the reason i made the app originally the background is that in 2021 i was working on another startup which had grown relatively fast and part of the the growth most of it was in the us which is quite challenging for me being in australia at parts of the year it's okay but From about, I think, March to September, it's very challenging in terms of time zones that, especially with East Coast customers, I have to wake up at basically 5 a.m. to have decent overlap with them. And I was finding that I'd go to bed quite late because I was dealing with European customers and then I'd have to wake up really early dealing with U.S. customers and I was getting quite burnt out. Because normally what I like to do to start the day, I like to do some meditation. I like to go for a run, things like that, that get my head right, that gets me into a a good mindset, helps me to be more patient when people are asking customer support questions that sometimes I I find a little bit silly that they could have read the documentation. On days where I meditate, I'm very patient. I'm very chilled out. On days where I don't, I tend to be a a bit less, uh, less patient and it's not necessarily good for the customers or for me. So I was getting to this point where I'd also with that business, I'd been approached by another company to purchase it from me, which was very exciting, but also very stressful going through that acquisition process, dealing with lawyers and accountants and high pressure negotiations. I had the the pressure in the morning to deal with customers and I had the pressure during the day. I was really quite in- starting to feel on the verge of burnout because I I wasn't really sleeping enough. I wasn't doing those healthy habits in the morning. And I realized I, I needed something to intervene because even though I knew I did better, that I actually got more done if I took say half an hour out first thing in the morning to meditate and go for a run, but I couldn't really will myself to do it. I seemed to just gravitate straight towards emails first thing in the morning. And I, I ended up, I, worked with a mac os developer to build a, a guard for me where i couldn't go straight to emails that if i opened up my computer that instead of seeing that i would see a friendly bear mascot which encouraged me to instead of opening emails it took over my screen and asked me to do some meditation first so we set it up for me, I, um, I've been diagnosed with ADHD and it's quite hard for me to necessarily follow a, a plan if I just have it written down. I wanted something that was a bit more interventionist. It's a bit more like having a, a workout buddy next to me that we'd go through the plan together. And that's how it works. That I The, the night before, I decide what I want to do with my morning routine. For me right now, it started with about half an hour, but now it's evolved to three hours of morning routine activities. Awesome. And the, yeah. The yeah, app Basically, takes me through each activity. It with the meditation that chooses a, a YouTube video that's relevant. So I've got about 10 different 15-minute YouTube videos that it will choose from. And it will randomly display one on the screen. I don't have to go into YouTube itself, which can be really distracting and lead me down a, a garden path of other algorithmic videos that it might want to show me. <laughs> It'll just show me that.
0: I know that way too well. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Very easy to get distracted on YouTube. Yeah. Many sites on the internet. So basically it it shows me the meditation shows me. Now I I go for a walk. First thing I do some breathing exercises. I do some yoga where, where appropriate it will use a YouTube video. Otherwise it just has a countdown timer and that, that way works really well for me that I start the day Rather than going straight to emails, which tends to spike my adrenaline and just lead to me not feeling that great, I start the day with nourishing activities. That's really helped me a lot to, even though it's a bit counterintuitive that I'm spending less time working overall, I end up being more effective and getting more done because I've got a more centered mindset.
0: Yeah, oh, I think that's key right there too. Of like you're getting more done, and I think that's like a whole thing that our society as a whole is like. You need to be working twelve hours a day. That's productive, but when you actually focus on what you're doing, you can literally get tasks done in a quarter of the time if like you are not getting distracted by phones mm. or emails or whatever you're being inundated with. Um, mm. What have you found aside from productivity? Like, what if how has having that morning routine like helped with your ADHD? And like, I'm talking about like the wellness practices itself, not necessarily like just cutting off the distraction.
1: Mm. For me, the the biggest thing that makes a difference with my symptoms is actually doing intense exercise first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking ADHD medication. That might be something that I'll explore in the future, but for now, I, I find that. A lot of my, my hyperactivity and my desire to, to go and do a lot of things, I think it, it's almost like I'm a puppy. And if you've ever had a, a small dog, you know, they, they get really, they'll run around everywhere. And if you don't take them for a walk, then they have so much nervous energy that they might tear up socks. Whereas if you take them for a walk, they tend to be much more chilled out. And it's the same thing for me that if I do, either do a, a hit workout in the morning and I go for a run. When I do that consistently, I'm able to focus much better throughout the day. And it's also that that intense exercise first thing in the morning helps me for probably the first four hours or so. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I find in the middle of the day, I either get an energy slump or I, again, start getting a little bit frantic. What I find helps with that is doing micro workouts. So I've got as part of the app every 20 minutes or so, it'll encourage me to stand up and I either do some stretching or I'll do a set of push-ups, sit-ups, some kind of little exercise like that. And that really helps in terms of it increases my heart rate a bit. And I find that helps just keeping the energy levels stable rather than having these big peaks and troughs that I normally have without that.
0: kind of makes sense too because then you're getting blood flow to the brain it's not just Mm. you know stagnant blood flow staying up but you're you know your heart's working and the whole circulatory system has to um work so do Mm. you so you're the focus bear has it come up where it'll tell you to do an exercise do you like can you pick the exercise that it does or does it just kind of pick one for you
1: yeah you can pick the exercises we we have built in burpees and push-ups, but you can tone it down and just do stretches. You can put in whatever you want as the break activity. My wife doesn't like, I had to go in and change it for her. She didn't like the squats or burpees. so (laughs) Instead, now she has more like, let's do a stretch. Yeah. And Come over and give me a hug. I've got that too as a a break activity because we're both working from home. Awesome. It's a nice way to get away from the desk. Yeah. Get some oxytocin.
0: I love that. I love that. Um what I mean, did you did you just do research to know that um exercise was a good thing to help kind of refocus and get up after that? Like where did what made you put that in there, I guess?
1: Partly personal experimentation, but also there's a a subreddit called ADHD programmers. And I did a poll there asking people what works for you in terms of improving your focus without taking, say, Ritalin and some of the other ADHD medication. And people said that the the best things that helped were doing some intense exercise in the morning and also complementary to that optimizing sleep. I think they actually go well together that doing exercise in the morning. There's some research around that helping to set the circadian rhythm so that you can sleep better at night. Mm -hmm. those two things together work quite well that if i don't get enough sleep then i really don't do well but the the exercise helps as well
0: um you're just that just makes me think like if we're not getting enough sleep we're not able to focus anyway (laughs) like sleep is one of the most i think underrated tools that you need to be healthy and i can even imagine with you being completely stressed when you were working what is the time difference from california or what is it uh what is it from east coast i guess
1: from east coast say the 5 p.m east coast time is 7 a.m my time okay which means yeah basically before 7 a.m i have to start work in order to have any overlap
0: okay so what is uh that's like i want to know how many hours it is five six seven eight nine ten that's ten hours 10 11 12 13 yeah. so we are 13 hour time difference right now oh my gosh
1: yeah <laughs> that's yeah, crazy that's a bit tricky
0: yeah i i can't even imagine um my mm. next question was when did you when did you get diagnosed with ADHD
1: it was actually earlier this year it's something that I've suspected for a long time, but uh-huh. it's not an easy process to get diagnosed in Australia. I uh-huh. ended up going down a, a private route because the waiting list was too long. But it's something that I think I was talking to my mum after I got diagnosed and she was saying that, yeah, she could probably see the signs that when I was a, a kid, I wasn't the kind of ADHD kid where I'd be up and running around. I was, I was more of the, the child who was daydreaming a bit. And it, it didn't get picked up when I was a child because I, I also, I've been diagnosed with ASD as well, autism spectrum disorder. And for me, that results in me being very good at the hyper-focus side. So I performed very well at school because I, I'd get things done very quickly. But I also, it meant that some of the, the symptoms that come up for me are often around the the inner inat- inattention to things besides what i'm focusing on if i'm motivated to do something then i hyper focus on it if i don't care about it then i neglect it some of the the ways that comes up are i'm often late for appointments unless i i have a very for this uh, podcast interview for example i set many alarms to make sure that i would be here <laughs> But that that was a problem for me as soon as i managed my own schedule that for example when i was 13 we lived about 5 minutes walk away from school but i was late nearly every day despite basically having no commute at all and then the other ways that it affects me are often losing things that i'm very bad at actually keeping my things together that i I start, I come up with a new idea in my head and then I forget that I left my bag on the train. I've left suitcases, I've left entire boxes on trains and buses. I've left my wallet, my laptop. I've lost things many times. Now I have to put those little tile devices, the lost item trackers on everything that's important to me. Otherwise I'm like, to lose it. And the other major thing is with cooking. I'm very bad at remembering to set a timer so for example, if I try and cook rice with the absorption method where you put it on the stove and you, you try and let the water be absorbed into the rice, I'll basically burn it every time. And I'll, the same with cooking lentils, anything where the water level could go down, I'm, I'm a menace. I've basically been banned from cooking with a saucepan. So instead, what I've done, because I still do want to cook, I, I use a, a benchtop steamer which has it basically has an alarm if it starts running low on water. That's very good for me. And I use a rice cooker, which stops cooking when it's actually low on water. And then yeah, also in terms of as a as an adult, what I've found is that I I tend to come up with so many different ideas that it's very hard for me to stay focused on one that I'll have a hundred different Chrome tabs open. I tend to be very divergent in my thinking and that that has mostly been okay with me i describe myself as relatively high functioning that i've in the last couple of years i've helped down a job and I, I was able to sell my business in the end so i had a successful exit there but in my early years after graduating i, I was relatively low functioning that i i got fired from quite a few jobs often relating to my inability to focus and that caused a lot of shame. And the, the financial stress associated with that was very difficult for me as well.
0: Wow. Have you, have you since, first of all, you're like making me like analyze myself. I'm like, am I doing some of these things, but which I think is good. Just like talk about so that we can all kind of like ask ourselves, like, you know, reflection is always good. But have you found as you have kind of discovered some of these things about yourself and talking about it that other people have um, kind of had awarenesses like that about themselves and how they behave and also maybe have gone through the process to see if they have ADHD? Mm.
1: I, I think what you've said there is quite important that it probably is a spectrum that everyone has times... And especially now with smartphones where distractions are more present than they were before. And then there may be traits that come up from time to time. I have spoken about it with a, a few friends and they've identified that they, they might be somewhere on the note. I don't know if it ADHD is necessarily the right word, but there's, there's another term for it where it's described as more of a, a trait that more of a a divergent thinking trait and that can be a nicer way of thinking about it that it it, rather than it being seen as a disability that it's just a different way of thinking and when channeled in the right direction it can be amazing that people are often very creative when they have that trait and that it, it can lead to new ideas that you wouldn't normally have but it can also be destructive when not channeled well that for me in my early years before I developed strategies for coping with it I did get fired from jobs because I, I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do and I, I was yeah sometimes a bit grandiose with what I was thinking about. I, I agree with you that it's really important to talk about it and destigmatize it because I, I think it tends to be something that is swept under the rug and People are afraid of talking about it at work, that they'll be judged and that they might end up in performance management plans. But I think it, it tends to be treated a bit more forgivingly these days by employers. Yeah. There's more awareness of it and there's more strategies for dealing with it.
0: Um, I do, so, well, two things. One, you had said something key earlier of when you're really excited about something you hyper focus on it and I think that that's why having being purposeful in what you're doing and having a why of what you're doing and even if like you don't necessarily like what you're doing but like having that why am I doing this to get through to have that discipline and then my other just little comment was it it makes it sound like what you've created basically just helps you be more disciplined and like the, why gives you the discipline, but also like it has, it has, you have to basically override your brain's natural desire to want quick fixes of dopamine and adrenaline from all of these other things to stay focused on what we need to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that, that part of the reason why I struggled in the past was that the jobs weren't really a fit for me, that Mm. I wasn't intrinsically motivated to work on it. And that's part of the reason why staying paying attention was hard, but there are still times regardless of the job, regardless of the project, there's always going to be grindy work where you just, it's not exciting. You just have to, you just have to do it. I have to do my tax return every year. It's I don't love doing it, but I'm going to get in trouble if I don't. <laughs> and that's where it, it's helpful for me. What, what helps is if I normally, once I start something after about 10 minutes, I can get into the flow. I can, sometimes it's hyper-focused. Sometimes it's just, I'm able to continue with it, but it's that first 10 minutes that's hard yeah. during that time. I'm more likely to get distracted and taken off course and that's part of the app that i built as well to help with that that i can start a focus session where i decide what is productive i put in the urls and the apps which i can use during that focus session and everything else gets blocked because otherwise i'm likely to go down a rabbit hole and wonder oh i wonder what's happening with the war in ukraine i wonder what's going to happen with the us midterm elections and i can go and start reading news sites And because there are so many, it's hard for me to, if I just have certain sites blocked, like I I have Facebook blocked and I I have the obvious websites blocked, but there are so many different distractions available that even a website, which might seem innocuous, I can end up going down a rabbit hole on Wikipedia. It's safer for me therefore to have a list of sites which are allowed. And if I... If I do that, I, I choose the the type of websites that are relevant for the work session that I'm doing. I have different types of work that if I'm doing my tax return, then maybe only Excel is relevant. <laughs> Whereas if I'm sometimes I do social media marketing and certain parts of Facebook and Reddit are okay, but the newsfeed is not okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how long that it takes our brain to refocus once we get distracted by any chance?
1: It's probably variable per individual and per task, but it, it definitely, it, it's not great when I go off task, especially with really deep coding work, that if I'm writing something, I've basically got the entire architecture of the system in my head. If I then get distracted and go and check my emails for a second, that analogy of the the architecture, this massive castle that i build up in my head, it just crashes and it's very hard to get back into that might take me another 10 minutes. It might mean that I, I never actually get back to that task. Maybe I'm, I was working on it at 3 p.m. and then I've got meetings from 3.45 until 5 p.m. I don't get to work on it for the rest of the day. Yeah. So it, it can be not great.
0: Well, it kind of sounds like when, you know, you hear artists getting inspired when they hear something or you have like an idea in their brain, if they don't go write it down or do it immediately, then it's just gone forever. <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely that's really key for me that i i tend to not use uh, to-do list systems i just i've got a piece of paper and i that that's another thing that helps me when i do have one of these divergent ideas I, I write it down immediately and that really helps to not have to go and build the whole thing right away i can trust that i'll get to it later at an appropriate time
0: awesome Um, so how do, who and how, and how, who and how find, well, I guess part of it is doing a podcast right now, but who are the typical people who find your app, use your app? Do you go into like organizations to use it, or does it kind of more like single people that will come and find it to help them be productive?
1: It could be both. We, we do have some organizations that are interested in trialing it. It's still in its early stages right now. So we we don't have any actual organizations using it yet. But yeah. They'd be very welcome to try it out. It's mostly right now, my friends using it and a few people from the ADHD program subreddit who are trying it out.
0: Awesome. Um, and then is it just like a software that you install on your computer?
1: Yeah, it's on Mac. We've got an Android and iOS app as well. Because the other side of it is that if I'm focused on my computer, but then I'm getting push notifications on my phone, that can be quite distracting as well. And people have said to me that even though for me, my computer tends to be where I go to first thing in the morning, that I will meet. I was basically training myself to go and check my emails on my computer first thing. For other people, it's more likely that they've got their phone next to them when they're sleeping. I normally keep mine a bit further away. So the temptation is lower. But the, the idea with the phone app, We've got it so that first thing, when you open your phone, rather than being able to open Instagram, for example, and distract yourself that way, that instead we've got the same feature where it shows the morning routine there and it will guide you through your morning routine on your phone as well. Cool. And some of the activities are good to do on the phone. Some of them are nicer to do with a larger screen, like yoga, for example. It's great having it on my computer screen. I've got quite a large monitor, helpful being able to follow along to the instructor on that big screen
0: yeah um do you could you do you are you able to just say like i have a morning routine but i don't want to get distracted but and i don't like want to be on technology will this kind of like still could you like mark in what you've done or something like that or is it just like blocked until a certain amount of time kind of thing
1: Mm, it's a good question we we have been thinking about a freestyle mode where it would just block your computer for an hour and then you could come and check it later. Yeah. So that that might be a feature in the in the future. <laughs> for now it's basically that, my, for example, my wife was relatively good at doing a meditation each day.
0: Yeah. And
1: what she does, she's got a separate app that she'll hit play on her computer and then she goes into another room. She's got one of those Muse headbands, the, mm-hmm. the meditation mm-hmm. headsets that check your brainwaves. Yeah. She'll use that. And then she comes back, hits play on the next activity after that, does some oh. hit after that.
0: Cool. Um, are there different modes on the focus Bear program? Or is it just like, does that make sense? Like, does there different things that you can do with it? Or is it all just?
1: Yeah, so we've got the morning routine mode. Then we've got throughout the day, we've got the breaks, the, the micro workouts or the stretches or the do some deep breaths have some water, you choose the activity that you want to do. But the, the basic idea there is to, to avoid getting neck strain and screen headaches by standing up, getting away from the screen. Then we've also got super Pomodoro mode where after you finish your morning routine, it will choose a focus mode that you, you specify which one you want to do. For me, I've got my day job focus mode that kicks in immediately after my, uh, after I finish my morning routine. And basically, it does 50 minute focus blocks where only the allowed websites and apps can be used. And then it has 10 minute breaks after that And I, I do four of those Pomodoro sessions per day. That That's about yeah, four hours, but I find that I get a lot done in that time. And then the other side of it, at the end of the day, we've got an evening routine, which is similar to the morning routine where I've got some wind down activities that I do starting with going for a walk and then things like doing some more journaling to prepare for the next day, cooking dinner. I've got four hours worth of activities. So I won't go through all oh. of them, but things that help me to to wind down, make sure that I can sleep well, that I, I've gotten out all of the excess creative energy that might be left over by the end of the day. Then I sleep by 9.30 and have Love a good it. night's sleep.
0: I mean, I just think it's, that's so... Well, my actual my next question, I think it's awesome. But my next question is do you have um do you have a background with all these wellness practices? Or does the like where did you learn all these, I guess? Where like is it just kind of like trial and error or you know, you tell me. <laughs> mm.
1: Yeah, it it's something that I have built up over the last ten years or so. Some of the practices in terms of meditation and journaling. I got from a support group that I was part of because I I had in my, that time where I was getting fired from jobs and generally my mental health was quite poor. I was going through a a time where I was dealing with exercise bulimia at that point as well. So I was binge eating and binge exercising and I needed some support around that. So I joined a a support group there, learned some, some skills in terms of meditation, journaling, talking to other people dealing with stressful emotions in a, a healthier way. And I've basically carried forward a lot of those coping strategies, whereas before my coping strategies were basically eating a lot of food and doing a lot of exercise. I've now got a more diverse toolkit of how to deal with those emotions. And that, that's a key part of my morning routine, following those practices as well as adding in others that I have picked up from books or listening to podcasts.
0: Awesome. Um, what's your favorite podcast?
1: I quite like the Huberman Lab podcast at the moment.
0: Huberman Lab. That's the third time I've heard of that. So that means. uh, It's very long. His episodes
1: are normally about two hours, but but they're packed full of content.
0: Yeah. Um, Or is it like different topics every time?
1: Yeah. So he's got, he tends to have clusters of topics. The first couple of episodes were about optimizing sleep. And he talks about the neuroscience of sleep. Yeah. That's a part of my morning routine as well, that he talks about how you, you need to get natural light first thing in the morning and do exercise first thing in the morning in order to set up your circadian rhythm so that you're going to actually feel sleepy at night.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's quite helpful. I mean, it, it it's obvious in some ways that you, you hear about it everywhere, but I find it helpful hearing the neuroscience behind it as well yeah. and talking about how the hormones are impacted and different parts of the brain that get activated when you increase your, your core body temperature, things like that.
0: Yeah. um, it just makes me think of the little slogan, um, knowledge is power, applied knowledge is power to be able to like, what well, it, it like kind of helps you put like, you know that you should be doing these things, but when you know why, and then it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> then I'll do it. Then I'll do mm. it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. And um, also uh,
1: go to, ahead. to know it and not do it, means you you don't really know it as well there's that that expression to to know and not to do is not to really know that there's a a lot of knowledge out there and I think most people know that exercise is good and that using technology late at night is not good for us but it's very hard to actually implement that sometimes
0: yeah I'm really excited about what you're doing I just I think that it can have a huge impact and then I think i read on somewhere too that like you have taken you've taken this app based upon like kind of combining a bunch of different ones
1: yeah I was using probably about five different apps previously and they that combination sort of worked but it also didn't particularly around the habit side that when you were talking about that you've got a very strong morning routine already. And so for you, ticking things off is fine. I was using apps where it's more of the habit tracking side. I was using, for example, Habit Bull and Habitica and Stick, where you can tick it off at the end of the day. But my problem was I'd get to the end of the day and maybe I'd done half of them, but I I wasn't consistent in doing all of them. So I like this approach of it being more of a habit guide, that it, it walks me through each one and it blocks distractions while I'm doing it. I hadn't really found anything like that before. Perhaps people with ADHD, without ADHD, don't really need that, that it's easier to combat those distractions. But for my brain, I really need to have the blinkers on that yeah. everything else is eliminated while I'm doing the meditation and doing the exercise, things like that.
0: Um, how long has this software been available?
1: Been available only for a month or so. But for me personally, I've I've been the, the beta version started in January. Yeah. I've been using it, refining it based on what I think works and now starting to get feedback from other people about ways that it can be changed. But people awesome. seem to to like it so far and hopefully your audience might find it helpful too.
0: So, what and how do you have you found that nutrition has played a role in your ability to focus?
1: Yeah, definitely. I I realized probably when I was about twenty that I was gluten intolerant. That when I have bread, for example, I get massive brain fog, and there are other foods as well. I tend to be quite sensitive. That I don't deal well with refined sugar. I don't deal well with too much legumes. So I've got this long list. I, I can't do soy either. <laughs> i'm I'm relatively limited in what I eat. I basically only eat a whole food diet where I have vegetables. I have a few types of fruit, some types of fruit don't work for me. I've over the the years I've basically done an elimination diet, figured out what works, and i I follow that now where I eat some grains, I eat lots of vegetables. I eat mostly I, I was vegan for a long time, and i I try to carry that forward that. I can't be fully vegan because I I don't deal well with legumes and soy, but I, I try to minimize the amount of meat that I eat. I have meat maybe once a week. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of how I actually eat that, I've been experimenting recently with intermittent fasting and I've found that to work really well for me that I normally don't actually feel hungry first thing in the morning. So I don't have my first meal now until 11 a.m. And that works really well, That I find there's increased mental clarity first thing in the morning when I don't eat immediately. And if I have done exercise beforehand, it means that when I do eat, I don't have that big slump where if I've had a a big breakfast, typically in the past, I'd have a big energy slump afterwards and just want to almost go back to bed afterwards. Whereas it works better if I've gone for a run first and then after my run, I eat. And then my body is able to to use that fuel immediately.
0: Do you eat immediately after your exercise?
1: More or less. Yeah. I think there's some research around that you do want to refuel the muscles yeah. relatively soon afterwards. Yeah. and have a decent protein to carb ratio.
0: Yeah. What kind of intermittent fasting do you do? Like what do you have like a ratio that you typically follow?
1: What I'm doing it's basically I would have my final meal in the evening at around 6 Mm p.m. And then I don't eat until 11 a.m. So we're talking about around 16, 17 hours of not eating and then eight hours of eating. So I'll have my pseudo breakfast or brunch at 11 a.m. I have a a mid-afternoon. I I drink some almond milk at around 3 p.m. And then I have dinner at 6 p.m.
0: And have you found what, besides like having more clarity, what have you found? Because it's actually kind of interesting because the podcast right before you was all about intermittent fasting. The guy has a, he has an app to help. I should show it to you. Um, He's got an app to help people with intermittent fasting and to be able to like check in with their body and how they're feeling. It's called Temper. Um, I'll
1: um, have to check that out. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, What what have you found as a benefit of intermittent fasting besides the more clarity?
1: Apart from that, I think sleep has also been improved. Yeah. and that, That's mainly just eating earlier that yeah. previously I, I didn't normally feel hungry in the evening until about eight o'clock. Oh wow. And then going to sleep at say nine 30, 10 after just having eaten two hours before it didn't necessarily work that well. Yeah. But I'd still be partially digesting food and Sometimes I'd get reflux, whereas now eating much earlier because I feel hungry earlier, that yeah. tends to work better for yeah.
0: me. Cool. Um, then my other question is when you are meditating or breathing, what kind of practices are you doing? I'm sure those are two different ones. If you could talk about those a little bit more.
1: Mm. With meditation, I find that the, the style of meditation where you just plan... You, you listen to your thoughts and you, you try to not pay attention to them and if an idea comes up you try and ignore it i find that doesn't work well for me that if i ignore an idea that it will just reoccur so what i like to do is i will play a meditation track which is generally just some background music and listen to your breaths but if i have an idea that comes up i keep a piece of paper next to me and i'll write it down and that that tends to work way better for me I, I found the approaches where I just had to suppress those thoughts or not pay attention to them. It almost felt punishing to me some of the ideas were really good and I'm almost thinking that I'm trying to connect to some kind of higher source out there and it's giving me inspiration. I don't want to ignore those ideas, but at the same time, I don't want to get up and say, if I just remembered, I need to go and buy some eggs. I don't want to get up and actually do the shopping, but I definitely, I do want to capture it. So that tends to be the way that I do it, that it'll be, I actually, I would consider journaling part of meditation as yeah. well, sort of similar to what Julia Cameron talks about in the artist way, where with the morning pages, she describes them as almost like meditation for Westerners, that it's a way of, of getting those thoughts out before you have more of the, the breath centered meditation so I do that first thing. That I'll do eleven minutes of journaling. It gives me a random prompt to follow, and that tends to dump out the thoughts for me. I'm better able to just focus on my breath after I've done that. But I still ideas still come in, so I, yeah. I make sure I capture them.
0: Yeah, that makes me. Uh, Tom Billiou says he calls he's got the think itate and meditate. So, you know, you're like intentionally thinking or like meditating to have those ideas, which I think is vital. And I also love what you're saying too, because like when you do get quiet, that is when your source of inspiration comes in. Of what you're saying, like I don't mm. want to call it channeling, but you're almost like, like just open, you're opening yourself to receive information inside. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and then for the breathing. Yeah. Yeah. I've experimented with different protocols. I, for a while, I was doing similar to Wim Hof breathing, mm-hmm. where it, it has some hyperventilation at the start to increase energy levels and then some long breath holds. I found that did work in terms of increasing my energy levels, but it seemed to increase my anxiety as well because the hyperventilation side, yeah. it, 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 does, it, it makes me feel like I'm about to have a panic attack. I mean, that's so what after, it's mimicking, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still use it from time to time if I do want to get into a, a deep state of focus, but I tend to not want to do it first thing in the morning. Instead, I find box breathing is better for me. That It helps me to feel a bit more centered. So I've just got a... There's a, a YouTube video that I play as part of Focus Bear where it's got 10 minutes of box breathing, where it's got four seconds inhale, four second hold four second exhale, four second hold. And the, the breath holds are, are not so long that I'm feeling like I'm... Like, I, I did some scuba diving in the past and I had an experience once where I nearly ran out of air and it almost reminds me of that when I have the really long breath holds. Yeah. So I prefer... I, I, I know there's some science around longer exhales are really good in terms of promoting calmness. So I do try and practice that but yeah. not so long that it's going to make me feel like I'm about to pass out.
0: Yeah. um, I, I've studied the Wim Hof method quite extensively. And, you know, I found that when I was incredibly stressed and I'm sure for having that, I'm sure that if you're already kind of like, where is everything? I want to do everything to have that, stimulation would only almost make it worse and and i've experienced that when i've been super stressed that like the wim hof method just does not work so i think it's really cool to have all these and that's what i love about holistic health too is that you can have all of these different tools in your toolbox that you can pull out at any time Mm. yeah
1: yeah Yeah, that if I'm feeling groggy and tired, then maybe at that point doing the hyperventilation style practice is good. But if I'm already, like you said, if I'm already wired, then it might not work. It is interesting, though, because on that front of when I'm really wide eyed and all different ideas and wanting to go everywhere, I read an article once about the process of chilling up rather than chilling down, that it can be sometimes very hard that if I'm in that state of high energy, if I want to bring myself down to a more centered level of energy, it doesn't necessarily work to immediately try and go into just sitting there in lotus pose. Instead, the argument is that if you do something quite intense, and maybe that's where the intense exercise comes in for me that that can actually help to release some of that energy and make it easier then to go into more of the, the soothing practices afterwards.
0: Yeah. The, well, and that's that, something that, I hadn't
1: really heard of before chilling up, but I think it does work for me.
0: Yeah. Well, it makes a lot of sense. If you want to chill out to like get the energy out and then, okay, I can calm down, especially if like, you, you know, your high energy, I can 100% relate to that. Mm. <laughs> um. So if you had to, if you had to give somebody advice who has trouble focusing, what would your first initial piece of advice be?
1: I find monitoring it very helpful in terms of having awareness. I use some apps where it it tracks what, what I'm doing throughout the day. I'm mostly computer-based for someone who's not computer-based. Maybe you could have a, a notepad and you just write, I got distracted and worked on, went and put the washing out instead of working on my assignment, that sort of thing. I do a combination of, I track my time on paper, which is helpful in terms of the high level, but also in terms of the micro level of being able to see how many times have I gone and checked the news or checked Facebook rather than doing what I intended to do. That's quite helpful to have a baseline. And then maybe you're actually quite focused and the amount of time that you're spending on news websites or being distracted, it might not actually be that bad. And there might be, like you were saying before, this this myth that you need to work 12 hours per day. It might actually be that you're actually doing a lot and you're doing enough and you don't need to give yourself such a hard time. But if you're like me, and actually maybe the self-judgment is accurate and that I am spending a lot of time on things that I shouldn't be during the day. That's where then intervening with some tools can help that it, it, it can be, uh, talking to a psychologist can be helpful in terms of actually figuring out, is there something lower level here with your nervous system that can be addressed? But if it's something where I think with smartphones now, many of us, they, even if you don't actually have ADHD, there's so many notifications and so many ways to get distracted that it's quite normal to be. almost makes you to... have ADHD. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you can eliminate some of them, either putting the phone in another room or using a an app, some of I think iOS and Android have built in features now to help with digital wellness to help to be able to say from 9am to 5pm to reduce some of those distracting apps that can be, be really good. And then there are a bunch of tools available, not just Focus Fair, but say Cold Turkey, Freedom. There are lots of apps that can help to block distractions throughout the day.
0: Cool. I have to look at those too. Um, My other question, I I got, you said Cold Turkey and that distracted me. (laughs) (laughs) I remember now. Um, But everything that you have been saying in my brain comes down to one thing. And it's awareness, awareness mm. of yourself, awareness of your behaviors, awareness of the things that are serving you, the awareness of the things that aren't so that you can focus your effort on doing the things that are going to serve you the greatest, and I think awareness is the greatest thing I mean it all mm. everything comes down to awareness,
1: mm. yeah, and then awareness and action is the the ultimate thing that, that yes, I think being aware and not having a solution is very painful
0: yeah um where can where can people find more about focus bear
1: the website is focusbear.io dot what dot io
0: io dot io
1: like india octagon okay Okay.
0: cool awesome and then um i think there's like a 30-day free trial on there right
1: yeah yeah 31 days
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today and coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. If you liked this episode, please hit like and subscribe, share it with a friend, and we will see you next time. Have a great day.